Hey, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. And this is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Come as you are. Part de. Okay, so I have a question for you. Sure. What's maybe something you've like, I don't know, heard in general or from a friend and you just thought like, hmm, maybe they aren't getting like all the information that they need. Like when it comes to maybe like their sexual pleasure, let's say. Maybe, and then if you want, I can give an example first. I don't know. Sure. Hmm. Okay. I think a misconception that I've heard from a couple of people is that lube is for uh, older women. <laughs> and if you're using lube, like, there's something wrong. Your vagina is so dusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You have to, uh, yeah, brush away those cobwebs or something. Okay, so I've never understood that because for me, lube has always added pleasure and I've never seen it as me like lacking something. But I've heard it from a couple of people saying like, oh, I don't use lube and, but I just feel like it adds, it adds more flavor, it adds more fun, like for everyone. So I feel like that's something we shouldn't be scared of, you know? Yeah, totally adds more flavor. (laughs) So she had like caramel or chocolate. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, which I actually have. That's so funny. You people and your sex. Like, <laughs> I d- I don't believe that you actually do all this. This is you're lying to me. You're making yes. this all up. I want to give an answer because it's a great question, but I'm blanking. It's totally fine. I know that it's like a very not detailed, but you definitely have to like really think about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's let's step away from did I hear this from a friend? Okay. And, and maybe just more generally, uh, let me list off some of my pet peeves that maybe I haven't heard from friends, but I've seen reflected. Yeah. Um. So I you know, you know ideas about things like sex is only intercourse, right? Like penis and vagina, and there's so much more yep. to sex than that. And yes. There's no shame in not having orgasm from penetrative sex, right? There's so many other ways to achieve that if that's your goal. And also, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with having sex and not achieving an orgasm if you're still content with the result, right? Um, Yeah. Orgasm is not, it should not be the big finish. What else? The idea that men are naturally always going to be turned on all the time and women are really, really hard mm-hmm. to turn on. And she talks about that in the book because she talks mm-hmm. about the fact that when it comes to variation between sexes, there is more var- variation within 
a sex than there is among the sexes. And she she uses height as a non-sexual example of that, right? So mm-hmm. on average, yes, men are taller than women. But within the class of men, there is a vast variety of heights. There are very short men and there are very short, sorry, very tall men. And the mm-hmm. the variation within men is much larger than the variation between men and women. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to keep in mind that, yes, maybe on average, uh, men tend to become aroused more easily than women. But that's not going to be true for the average woman, if that makes any sense. And as a mathematician, I was really taken by that the way that she presented that because it makes sense if you take a moment to let yourself absorb that statistical argument yeah i think what you also wanted to say was that there are also short women and there are tall women yeah and and so vice versa there's more variability within that group than between as as you said sorry i just wanted to bring that back because you were talking about the men's side but i also want to bring it back to the women too Mm -hmm. and and between like you said the groups yeah Mm -hmm. so the so the reason one of the reasons why i wanted to point that out right is just because Mm -hmm. she really works hard to engage with this idea that if you are a woman who maybe uh has um you know a more sensitive accelerator or less sensitive brake like yourself Sometimes mm-hmm. because the stereotype of women is that they're hard to arouse, uh, mm-hmm. women, you know, women are in this weird position where they're both expected to be super like into sex all the time and want sex all the time because they're sex positive, mm-hmm. second wave feminists. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, it's <laughs> like, well, you can't be too easily aroused by everything because then you're a slut. Mm-hmm. It's this double yeah, standard. Totally. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a double standard. I think that I've been very um, adamant about being, like, proud of my sexuality and um, having, like, high arousal. I, I never try to put it across as, like, oh, I'm, I'm better than other women because I have a higher, you know, desire for sex or whatever. But I try to share my experiences more just to sort of like open up that conversation be like if your experience isn't like mine that's okay like i want to learn from you and like mm-hmm. like vice versa you know yes but I, I definitely agree with what you're saying well and i can't remember if it was you who said this to me or if it was another one of my female friends but uh mm-hmm. somebody said to me within the past couple of years that you know women are actually a lot more raunchy than men when it comes to talking about sex <laughs> I, I, yeah, I probably said that. <laughs> I think we're, yeah, we're, I think, I can't say, like, all women are more, like, focused on details, but I think, like, maybe on average, we we focus more on, like, the details, and and I think the way that we talk, it's, like, we don't, like, we don't kind of like glaze over topics unless we really don't want to talk about it. Maybe then, sure. But 
if somebody was like, oh, you know, how's this new partner that you have? It's like women tend to go into like every single detail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So so I think they definitely describe more things. Whereas the a guy, you know, stereotypically would be like, oh, she's hot. She's good in bed. Yeah. 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 I got laid. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is not anything about you know natural biological differences between men and women this is totally a cultural thing and the way that we're raised Mm -hmm. to discuss this stuff especially in sort of same gender groups Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. I, i think that's one of the things where um growing up it's something that as i went through adolescence and did not really experience sexual attraction to anybody of any gender it made mm-hmm. me less interested in forming closer bonds with any male friends because it always seemed like the conversation around those things would be very surface level very perfunctory and very much devoted towards either bragging about your prowess or uh, not making it seem like you're a softy whereas Uh, When I was privileged enough to be let into those spaces with female friends and uh, privy to their conversations, I always found it so much more fascinating and interesting. And I'm like, yeah, this is the stuff I want to hear. Not because I want to hear all the dirty details of your sex life, but because (laughs) I, I find the way that women typically learn to talk about sex as a physical and an emotional thing very appealing and Mm -hmm. for a long time i just thought well this is just because i'm asexual and i'm not attracted to women or men or any gender so it's like i just want to learn about this from like an anthropological point of view but now of course Mm -hmm. as i sort back through my entire life uh through the lens of gender identity i'm like oh like maybe this is one of the earlier signs of being transgender and it's like i wanted to talk about these things with other women because deep down inside that's actually how i felt too uh and that doesn't change my lack of attraction to anybody but it's like this is you know this is the conversation that actually i want to be having remember like a little period before before actually having sex and having these like weird ideals about it mm-hmm. uh, about relationships I think too um and being like oh you know I'm probably gonna be in university when I first have sex and um I'm gonna be with that person for like a really long time and this and that and then it was like high school hits, hormone hits. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, young Becky, so naive. Yeah. There's yeah. so many it's more like, dicks in the sea. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like the older I get and the more experience I have and the, and the more comfortable I am with my body and the more I'm learning about myself and about other people. It's like, I didn't know shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
you you think you know stuff you think you have like a decent foundation and I probably had like a I probably had like an okay foundation for sure but there's always room to learn and to grow and maybe that's part of why I find it difficult at this age to be in like a long-term relationship is that there's still so many other things that I want to do so many other and... people that you want to do <laughs> yeah and like ways to explore that and I, I won't get into too much detail because that's not right really what I really what this podcast episode is about but um yeah I and and what's interesting is I can remember having open conversations and maybe feeling like a little bit awkward like ooh, yeah I think I might be the only one in this group of people that has watched this type of porn or thought about this or whatever and and it's not that I felt shame about it or I felt embarrassed but I, I was just kind of like okay that's my experience that's not their experience um I'm not wrong for how I feel they're not wrong for how they feel but maybe this isn't like the exact group to have that conversation yeah with. you hadn't found your people yeah. yet oh, yeah. that's such a good point what you said about always needing to grow. I think that's really true. I think when I was mm -hmm. younger, uh, I was definitely much more of a prude when it comes to sex. And obviously part of that was because I didn't really get it. Uh, I remember people when I was younger, you know, they'd be talking about sex and mm -hmm. one of them would be like, oh, you know, like we shouldn't talk about this around Kara. Kara's virgin ears, right? Like, because I didn't right. even really, like, understand innuendos. Like, people would say things that were sexual references, and it would just go right over my head. Um, Look at how far you've come. Well, I mostly blame you for corrupting me. <laughs> um, all those, I feel like you make more innuendos now than I do. All those late nights at the art gallery, Becky, like, that changed me <laughs> forever. Yes. Um, Love it. I mean, I, yeah, I make the innuendos because I know that I'm going to get a response from you. Like... <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was, I was very much a prude and my understanding of sex was extremely simple and basic. And now as I've grown older, even though it's not something mm -hmm. that I choose to partake in for myself, mm -hmm. I try to have a very open mind. You know, I've been learning so much about things like polyamory and this idea that there's so mm -hmm. many more people than I realized who are out there who want and have these intimate relationships with multiple like networks of partners. And frankly, mm -hmm. it sounds extremely uh, like a, too much work tiring. for me. Yeah. Tiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, if that's what floats your boats, like we have this weird uh, preconceived notion sometimes in our society that you're either vanilla or kinky. And it's like this binary mm -hmm. where it's like either you just do everything plain and boring missionary position or you're in for everything. Right. It's like mm -hmm. 50 shades of gray, which is a terrible representation of kink and BDSM. <laughs> but that's not true. I, I think most people like to experiment to some degree. Uh, not mm -hmm. everybody is as open to experimenting, which is fine. But mm -hmm. it's like you said, once you understand what you want to do in terms of experimenting, you're going to spend a lot of time in your life learning new things and it's going to change as you get older because your body changes. Mm. I think that brings up such a good point too of, of like phases and 
and how, yeah, it's just like we may have like a very high libido for one phase of our life and, you know, the very next phase where we're not super interested or, you know, maybe our breaks are on a little bit more and it's just interesting to, to kind of like take a step back and, and to notice it and, and to be okay with it too. Yeah. It's like, you know, mm. couples who have children and how very often after you have a child for a while, it feels like you never want to have sex again. Um, and it's not <laughs> because you're not attracted to your partner anymore. It's because you have this squalling infant taking up all your time and stressing you out. And that probably does yeah. a number on your breaks. Right? So. It sounds exhausting. Right? Oh. Um, to bring things back to the book. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to talk to you, to you about the whole idea of concordance and non-concordance. Mm-hmm. So in one of her chapters, Nagasi talks about this fact that physically it's possible to get aroused, but mentally, emotionally, you're not aroused. So you're mm-hmm. not turned on. You're not ready for sex. And I think that's that must be really confusing for anybody who's having who's in that position of like your body sending you these signals, right? Of like, ooh, I'm aroused right now. And you're like, why am I aroused in the w- middle of a Walmart? Exactly. Maybe I'm going for a walk and I don't know, subconsciously I'm thinking of something or maybe my body notices something that's you know sexually stimulating or whatever but i myself don't feel like uh aroused or you know i i I don't feel like oh i'm i'm really horny right now or anything Mm -hmm. but my maybe my body does and so i'm wet all of a sudden and i'm like hmm that's weird because nothing's actually happening or it could be the other way around right you could be in a situation where Mentally, you're like, oh, I'm really turned on right now. I'm, I'm ready. I want to have sex. But then your body's not doing the thing. Yep, totally. And that's where the importance of lube comes in. Are you, are you sure you're not being sponsored by, like, KY? Because if you are, I want to cut here. I'm your co-host, <laughs> Becky. So maybe to close off our conversation, Becky, I know that back in part one of our discussion of mm-hmm. this book... One of the very first things that you mentioned is that Nagoski really emphasizes what's what you feel, what you experience as normal for you. There's no, no such thing as something that's normal for everybody. And you had mentioned to me that there was mm-hmm. a part of the book or a couple of quotes that you found really important when it comes to expressing that sentiment. Yeah. So what I liked is that uh, she gave a couple of questions that people had. At the beginning, so I'll just I'll just read. Once my partner initiates, I'm into it, but it seems like it never even occurs to me to be the one to start things. Why is that? My boyfriend was like, you're not ready, you're still dry, but I was so ready. So why wasn't I wet? I saw this thing about women who can't enjoy sex because they worry about their bodies the whole time. That's me. How do I stop doing that? Okay, so those are three separate examples all totally normal um and like she says in the book all the same parts organized in different ways that's all i have to say about that (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I think that's true. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, that's something that she emphasizes is mm-hmm. we are more similar than we are different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's true within genders. It's true across genders. You know, yep. the various configurations of genitalia are actually the same configuration. And then it just just depends which hormonal switches get flipped in the mm-hmm. womb and suddenly things are developing a little bit differently but Mm -hmm. at the base level our wiring is the same and we have a lot of control over what we choose to do or not do with it well i think that but wraps us up for our conversation about come as you are by emily nagoski and you know what they say wrap it before you tap it (laughs) yes very important (laughs) if you are sexually active i suppose um (laughs) I love, Becky, that we can have these conversations about sex. I think it's so important in our society that people, if that's something they desire, they should feel more comfortable having conversations about sex with people they're not going to have sex with. Totally. (laughs) Because there's nothing wrong. There's nothing shameful about talking about sex. And there's nothing shameful about acknowledging that sex, whether it's with yourself or with a partner, or multiple partners can be pleasurable and that it's all normal and that you're normal and yeah i i think it's so important that we have these conversations like you said uh so that we do feel like we belong and we feel more reassured about our experiences i think sex and finances we can always talk about more as women yes and yes. religion and politics maybe a little less oh amen <laughs> To finish off the episode, uh, where can our listeners find more about our podcast? Y'all can find us on our website, www.wejustliketotalk.com, and you can find any of the episodes you want on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else you get podcasts from. Awesome. So great to talk to you, Becky, whether it's sex, relationships, or anything else. 